0: This is our podcast my girlfriend her bipolar and I Um, basically what we're trying to do is go off of what both of our perspectives but mostly my perspective on living with her bipolar um, disorder and how it was for me up to the point that we are now what did we talk about? Because this is our second try at recording this. We, like, we messed up. <laughs> well,
1: we sort of began on my diagnosis journey and, you know, right. what led to my diagnosis, but also how it affected you in right. that process. Because it was a pretty gruesome, grueling process Yeah. for the both of us.
0: Mostly because we didn't know what it was to begin with. We didn't know it was bipolar to begin with.
1: We didn't think it had anything to do with a mental illness at all.
0: Yeah, because the only way we even came to find out about it was because you actually started to get sick
1: suddenly. Yes, and during the summer, 2019, in the end... I started to wake up in the middle of the night and just to get sick. <clears throat> and I would just wake up around 3 a.m. every night and just go throw up. And that was all there was to it really at first. Um, I would literally just wake up in that instant get sick. And then go back to sleep. And honestly, I didn't even think much of it for the first couple weeks.
0: Yeah, because we thought it was just like a stomach bug. Yeah. Or some virus at first. Or
1: maybe something I'd eaten.
0: Yeah. Because it was so sudden. It wasn't even, there was no warning to it really. But I guess that kind of was the warning. Right. That we completely missed.
1: And then it started happening in the morning as well. Just when I would wake up. And... That's whenever it kind of started to become noticeable. Because I started feeling sick for a while. And... At this point, I just switched to morning shifts. Yeah. It was just easier. I was having to call out. Yeah. Because I was getting sick. And... At the point of having to call out, that's when we started looking for answers. Yeah.
0: And. I didn't mean it was like easier, for like you to throw. It was easier for like our, our schedules to time like line up perfectly at that. Right. That way, because I was working from. You know six to four, and then you know you would be getting off at four at that point or so. Right.
1: Yeah. But
0: that was just where it, when it started to get even worse.
1: I started, we started looking for answers and I went to my primary care doctor and he also thought it was just his stomach bug. Um, and I think that was partially my fault. I don't think i had thoroughly explained how long the symptoms were persisting. But he just prescribed me Zofran, which just makes it, makes you not get sick or get nauseous, basically. And it was not working. And I was still getting sick.
0: And this is like one of those that they give to cancer patients.
1: For, yeah, before they start. undergo chemo treatment.
0: Yeah, to stop the nausea because it's supposed to be that effective but it wasn't even doing anything and when that started to happen that's when it really started to like worry me and you you because like it was it just wasn't stopping it even after you took it
1: seemed even more nauseous
0: yeah and then like i think at this point it was it was starting to set in where like i i I was like i can't do anything I was like, there's nothing I can really do at this point to really help other than take you to the hospital when you right. need me to <clears throat> take you.
1: Yes, and then <clears throat> that was whenever we started going to the ER. And that first ER trip was a little insane. I It was very early in the morning. And, you know, I went in extremely nauseous anxious as to what was going on and you know I explained I was getting sick for weeks and it wasn't stopping. I was prescribed Zofrin and it wasn't helping so they decided to do a full workup basically. They pushed morphine and Zofrin and they did x-rays, CT scans, Um, with contrast and ultrasounds, everything, to see what was going on inside. Yeah. And they, it, all the results, basically, I was just, my stomach was inflamed from getting sick. And... That made them think it was Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. And And that was like worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. That really scared me. My mom has ulcerative colitis. And I saw her struggle with it whenever the flare-ups would happen. And I did not want to go through that whatsoever. I thought that would nearly kill me, honestly.
0: And it seemed like the only answer we had that made sense.
1: And then they scheduled an appointment to do an endoscopy for several weeks later. Which... Which drove me absolutely mad. I was still getting sick. Nothing was stopping it. I...
0: And it just felt that much longer of a wait.
1: And at this point, I just started going to the ER every day and just having them push Zofren because that seemed the only time it would work. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get any relief at home at all.
0: Yeah.
1: Whenever I tried taking it at home, it just was not effective at all.
0: And I think right here, when we came in, when- this time, I think that's when you also got the dissolvables.
1: Yes, now those, those were actually effective. Once I got those, mm-hmm.
0: and they were helping after a while, and like you know, we were like, oh, okay, well then this is probably, gonna help, and I guess we kind of saw it as a solution, which we shouldn't have seen it that way either. Um, because like then it started to get even worse where you were having it like at first you were taking it like once a day when you woke up when you got nauseous and it went away and then the rest of the day was fine but then it started to get to where like you know it was in the morning and then like sometime in the afternoon
1: it would start again once it wore off and it would wear off like after four hours yeah
0: and so then you almost felt like you had to take another one and Zophrin in itself isn't good to take like that. Yeah, it's it can, not
1: good for your kidneys. Yeah,
0: it'll, it'll really fuck your shit up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to curse, <laughs> but oh well, whatever, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> it <laughs> will I fuck am. your
1: shit up, honestly, though. Yeah, because <laughs> it's,
0: that, it's that intense. Yeah. And once, like, you were starting to take it so much, it was like, okay, well, we gotta, like...
1: Even the doctors your, were yeah. wanting me to...
0: Come Slow back.
1: down and cut back, but I couldn't. I was getting so sick. I mean, I couldn't even eat. And I was also just anxious to get the endoscopy and get some answers, get some treatment because I couldn't start a treatment course without making sure that it was indeed Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. Yeah. So my I finally ended up going back to my primary doctor and he found a hospital nearby where they would take my case and admit me so they would do like an emergency endoscopy and lower scope as well so finally I was admitted <laughs> And Danny was in the hospital with me the whole time. And I think he like, slept in the hospital bed <laughs> with me. Yeah. It was a tight squeeze, but it was great.
0: It was had to be done. <laughs> Cause we we'd been living together for a while now at this point. And I think like you know We, we couldn't left,
1: even bear to sleep apart. Yeah, it
0: was hard. And we were like planning it to where like, you know, oh well, you know, I'll come and visit you, you know, when I get off work or whatever. But like I ended up taking work off. off for that week almost because I ended up staying there with you
1: I could not bear to be alone I was so scared I, know. I was terrified
0: yeah and there was like one point where it was like I think you were about to go in to get the endoscopy and I was like okay well I'll go to work and by the time you're done you know I'll probably be back by then and I had full intent to go back to work And then I think you you called me, right? I
1: called you like five minutes after you left. Yeah.
0: And you were like, come back, please. Like, I can't do this. Like, I can't be here alone. I started crying. Yeah, she started crying. I was like, (laughs) oh, no. And then I just, I like, at this point, like, I hadn't even told my boss that I was going back to work. Like, I was just going to go and show up. And so for all he knew, like, I was still going to be at the hospital. And so I was just like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to go back and I'll pretend like I didn't even plan to go to work, I guess. <laughs> and so I just went back and once I got back there, like you were you were much better.
1: Yeah, and I felt a lot better. I <laughs> calmed down a lot. <laughs> and I then I was, was fine. Like,
0: and and like that's that's something that Which also probably
1: should have been an indication.
0: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like <laughs> it was something that we should have also looked at cuz like um in a way you were you were looking at me as a coping mechanism at the time to be able to to help you that like yes. with calming you down or anything cuz and you know like when you're with somebody and you know you love them and you feel that sort of comfort i guess you know like it of course you you want them around when you're feeling right. this way if you can and and that's like and for me, it was like you know I couldn't even plan to. Or I'm oh, sorry, hold on, I lost my train of thought because you you did that motion, but I was gonna say uh, like at this point, like that was all I could do, like I couldn't do anything else, yeah. like I couldn't.
1: You couldn't. You I
0: couldn't soothe anything in any other you way. You Couldn't like,
1: make the nausea go away. Yeah, and this was like
0: I could calm there. your anxiety a little. Yeah. And calm your nerves, and that was like, if that was all I could do, like I would do it.
1: That was my relief. Yeah.
0: And it but, made me feel like I could help, in a way.
1: Yeah.
0: But, it, like, looking back at it now, it's like, well, that's not what it should... We shouldn't have looked at it that way. And that's, like, again, another thing that we just... It just went right over yeah. our heads. Like, we didn't even see Cause it. Because
1: were thinking this was physical. Exactly. But, finally, they did the scopes, and they... There was just inflammation from me getting sick, and then... Throughout the trip, though, or throughout my time there, they concluded that, you know, my anxiety was depression, or my my diagnosis was depression and anxiety, sorry, and um, he started me on an SSRI and casually mentioned, you know, if I didn't respond well to it, that would conclude there was a chemical imbalance, which would mean I was bipolar, but he didn't believe that was the case, so, you know, whatever.
0: I remember when he said that. We, it was we so just, casual. He he just like, it, it just breezed by. I forgot by.
1: about it until It just breezed by. And I remember
0: when he said that, you were like, oh, well, my mom is bipolar. Yeah, you mentioned. And he was like. Um, he, he
1: asked me if I did any crazy spending. And I said, well. <laughs> well, he asked, <laughs> me,
0: <laughs> he asked me. He asked me, "Is like, does she do any random spending like that? No, he asked you, and then you looked at me, and then we were just like, yeah. We
1: were like,
0: yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> <He> like, <does. laughs> it was it was something so, like, casual that I just, like, kind of breezed by that we didn't even think twice of it. Because, like, when he said it was, like, you know, anxiety and depression, that was, like, kind of, like, it was a relief. Like, oh, well, now we have an answer.
1: Yes, and, and...
0: like, that was all we were focused I on. And when he said that, it, we didn't even think about
1: it. felt better. Yeah. I stopped getting sick because I finally had an answer. <laughs> and that was literally all it was. <laughs> but, um, that SSRI nearly ended my life. Prozac. Yes. Yes. Um, it just it amplified everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it. I was manic. I ended up finding out. Um, and one night at work, I was hearing things like saying to hurt myself or to like harm myself, to kill myself even. And I just went out and I took a plate outside, smashed it, and used a piece of it to cut myself, and went back inside with my arm, like, around, you know, wrapped around me tight to try to stop the bleeding, Uh and so I could just leave and hopefully not be noticed at all, because I didn't have a jacket or anything. Yeah because at this point it was still really hot outside so my boss ended up seeing and i told her just not even worry about it and i left
0: yeah um at this point we were arguing we had argued about something and oh i
1: felt like nobody cared about me yeah. I felt like nobody cared if I lived or died. And, and that was like, mattered.
0: that's what the, the Prozac did. It definitely made you feel that way.
1: Yes. Um,
0: and it was noticeable too, because like you could, it was just in the way that you acted and it was just so very like zombie. Yes, yeah, it was the best way I, to explain it.
1: And also manic as well at times. You know, I would be up for nights and days, even. Yeah. And just go without sleep. And I thought nothing of it. I would normally catch an hour of sleep in the day. And that was it. You know, I felt fine. I was fine off of that. But, you know, this is whenever auditory hallucinations kind of started to creep in for me. Um, But after that night, You know, and my boss had seen my arm and my shirt that was almost covered in blood. Um, She called the cops on me to come to my apartment and check on me. Yeah. And And they did. And they took me to the hospital for a psych evaluation.
0: And I think that's a good place to take a, a quick break. Yeah. For a little commercial break to add that in. (laughs) okay and we're back so we left off at you
1: being taken to the hospital for for a psych evaluation evaluation. yeah so the police took me inside and um said that i was threatening to kill myself which, I was not threatening to kill myself. I said that I just kind of wished I was dead. But, yeah. whatever. <laughs>
0: that was enough motive for them... <laughs> to take me. Yeah.
1: Um. And... So, they... First, they took me to the bathroom. And gave me a gown and some socks to change into. And... They told me to strip down, yeah, so i stripped strip down and in front of
0: them, and which is super crazy to me still,
1: yeah, I hated that,
0: like they, I now she
1: she didn't watch or anything, yeah, she turned around, but you know she did have it's to just... she had to you know like make sure i didn't have any sharp objects, made me take out all my jewelry <clears throat> and made me peanut cup. And then took me to a room, and they. I was only allowed to wear this gown and these socks. I wasn't even allowed to wear my underwear. Damn. Yeah. So that a And the hospitals are cold. Like, yes, it was if cold. If you've never
0: been to like in, in a so hospital for breezes, yeah, going up
1: that gown it was awful.
0: And and like you were Especially there for in an
1: emergency room because that's God. all I was in. I was just in the emergency room.
0: And like this emergency room isn't like a really like well, it's not like it's the not it's not big. the biggest. It, it's yet.
1: very small and like it's just. It's not even a trauma It's for like small, ER. yeah, it's it's small for, emergencies. Yes, it's for the emergencies that, you know, you can still drive to the hospital yeah. for. So they gave me a TV remote and that was the only thing I could have at all and told me to, you know, that I was allowed to watch TV. And that was it. They had all of my belongings, including my phone. Yeah. So I couldn't even update Danny. Danny could not be back there with me during this.
0: This was was super crazy because we didn't have a car. And so the only way I had to be able to get there at this time, which was like 1 a.m., was to ride with one of the police officers there. And so I asked them if I could ride with them, and they said that I could ride with you. And we kind of spoke there for a second as to what's happening and, like, what's going on. And from what I understood, that they were going to have you on for, like, 72 hours. With no communication. Like, we wouldn't know anything. Yeah. And so that was, like, the, the worst case scenario and, like, the scariest thing possible. Um, and once we got to the hospital, like, they escorted you in. And then I kind of was just in put the in waiting the waiting room. room and i was just sitting there waiting waiting i called your mom told her what was happening and um then i texted my brother telling him like i'm at the hospital just to let him know and then he came brought me some stuff like a charger and another jacket and then like i think i took him back home and then you know whatever but like in this whole time like i still have no update and i don't remember how long you were there for like I was there for 5 hours. Yeah. So 5 hours Without, of just of being like being able to talk. Being in the same building but being so restricted to even be able to be near each other like that. That was that was so hard cuz I knew where you were. Like I I knew I knew my way around this hospital already at this point. So I knew how to like get there, but I just couldn't because you had to be you know evaluated, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't know. I guess like at the end, finally, they, they gave me a call telling me that you were going to be able to go home, um, that I had to keep all guns and sharp objects hidden away or whatever.
1: If we had any. If we had any. Which we which don't.
0: we don't like that because we're liberals, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. this psych
1: evaluation was... Very... Don't know quite the word for it. I guess underdeveloped. Um, First of all, I don't think the way that should be gone about it is to put a patient in a room isolated, alone, with nothing to do but watch a hospital TV.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, especially after I just did what I did and was feeling how I felt that just made me feel so much worse and not to mention crazy. I felt like I was being handled like I was just absolutely psychotic.
0: Yeah.
1: And that bothered me. Um and not to mention, it's not even a doctor that comes to actually evaluate you. You they basically bring a computer into the room so you can Skype call somebody. <laughs> To evaluate you. Now, that's fine. You know, it was also the middle of the night, yeah, mind you. I so agree. I understand that.
0: I guess that makes sense.
1: But seriously, <laughs> <good>. like, FaceTime, <laughs> like, you could have just given me my phone and I could have done this so much faster for you
0: guys. Yeah, like, give me the <sighs> dude's phone number. Let me call but this guy up at, like, exactly. on a regular time.
1: And. Um, you know, at basically, he told me the next day to go back to where, or go, he sent me up an appointment at our a local mental health center where, you know, they manage medications and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was allowed to go home, thank God, and you know not have to go to a psychiatric hospital and just go to this appointment and get new medication so i went to this appointment was asked some questions and was you know diagnosed bipolar and was prescribed an antipsychotic and that was that
0: and that was
1: the final answer to everything bipolar. bipolar
0: That's how we came to this. <clears throat> and, I mean, the whole process, it, it was very short-cutted, the way we described it, but it was over months.
1: Yes, this took Several over the months. course of four to five months.
0: And, and that was, it was just like a bunch of ups and downs throughout the whole process, because it was, you know working on our relationship working on you know spending time together and being able to manage that but also having to wake up at like 4 a.m to go to the er
1: yeah
0: and i think at a point we were going like so frequently like i i actually like i think i got so burnt out that I had to sleep. Like, one day, I I didn't even take you to the ER. Or I think I took you or something.
1: No, uh, I called your brother and asked him if he would take me so that, you know, I could let you sleep. Yeah. And you got to sleep for, like, I think you came in the middle of the night when you woke up.
0: Yeah, I think it was... It was like, 3 a.m. I, I got, like, two or three hours of sleep. And that was enough for me. I was, like, once... Because you were calling me and... I think you were telling me that you were gonna be admitted.
1: Yeah, they did talk about admitting me. Yeah, but and then they ended, it ended up happening. just knocking me out with Ativan.
0: Yeah, and so whenever I got those texts and I finally woke up, I like, I got up immediately and I was like, okay, three hours bet. I I got enough sleep, I'm good, and then I went, it's fine, but, I don't know, it was just
1: that was that hospital trip was after a manic.
0: Yeah, a A lot of like a a lot of the moments that we ended up going to the ER were because you were manic and and, because
1: I couldn't sleep and was getting sick. Like looking restless. Looking
0: back at it it is like you weren't you weren't able to sleep.
1: And now that I think about it, you know the anxiety I was facing at that time was very bizarre because my anxiety at the time was my delusional thinking of what happens after death. Yeah. I started going down this rabbit hole on, uh, you know, like what happens, you know, proof of what could possibly happen, you know, like where we're going to go, whatever. I just, what, I started driving myself nuts, finding the answer for this, literally staying awake for days, mm-hmm. pondering this.
0: I remember you would bring it up to me yes. a lot. And like, I
1: didn't realize how manic that actually was.
0: Yeah. I I didn't either because like I mean
1: you thought uh, the way just thought you know I was just getting
0: the way paranoid about dying. I mean yeah also but I also I philosophize a lot in my free time like I just think of random things like that too and so whenever you bring that up to me I was like oh this is just a random thought she's also having randomly but like over a course of time like it was a random thought that you were having a lot. Yeah, you were obsessing over it and you would ask me about it and I wouldn't really know what to say because I don't really know other than, you know, what we believe in our in ourselves. But I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: That's like cuz we're still learning too. We're we're not we don't know completely like how this is going we're still learning and and being able to manage it and i'm learning and what i have to learn for her you know and how to be able to help her manage it too because that's what this involves you know being in a relationship with somebody who's bipolar it's like you know you have to learn to um be affectionate and loving and, and you know, be that way towards the person, but also not be a crutch for them. You know, be able to not even distance yourself but just like differentiate it.
1: To be able to make me realize you know I can
0: you can function. do function. Yeah, you and can I function
1: can things. Yeah, like you said. And, and.
0: Cause that's something that even, even still now I'm like still learning and we've gotten a lot better at that, you know, like
1: now I can wake up and do my little shebang alone <laughs> and then go back to bed without having to wake you up.
0: Yeah. Which still happens. But I mean, even then, like, you know, I don't always look at it as a bad thing. Like, cause you wake up at like 4am or 3am sometimes and you know to anybody hearing that like you know oh she wakes you up at 3am and 4am randomly like god i couldn't do that like and i think um that's something that that i find very fascinating too is had had you had i met you this way would i would i jump into the relationship then you know cuz it's it's definitely a lot of baggage but this is something that I've also grown to love about you because it's something that also makes you who you are, you know, in yeah. its own way. Because like I was saying about waking up at 4 a.m., people might not always... Nobody would like that, I don't think, being woken up randomly at 4 a.m. I
1: don't even like no. waking
0: up but at 4 a.m. The I, I guess I'm sort of a, an optimist in that sense where, you know, when that happens, I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's get up and, and do something, you know. And then we get up and we distract ourselves and you know just sit there and talk for like hours.
1: Plot twist: Danny gets diagnosed bipolar too.
0: That would be the real kicker. He day.
1: also kind of sounds like it.
0: <laughs> I'm not. I'm just very nervous because I don't know what to say, but. I don't know. But. You kind of. A little
1: manic sometimes.
0: A little manic? <laughs> I think I, I, I just no. see
1: manic in everything.
0: I think now. so. I think that's what it is. <laughs>
1: because now that's like basically the definition of me. is Yeah. Manic. <laughs>
0: but like it, it was like. what I was saying about, you know, waking up. I I enjoy it because, you know, I end up seeing it as I get to spend more time with you. And I get to, you know... Be with you some more when I wouldn't be. Because, you know, I work throughout the day. So the only times I can see you would either be in the morning or in the afternoon. Late at night. Late at night. Um,
1: After I get off.
0: And waking up at 4 a.m. doesn't bother me. I enjoy it. Because I'm like, hell yeah. You need to spend some more time together. (laughs) (laughs) And it's good, like... Because then eventually you end up going back to sleep.
1: Yeah.
0: And... That's the ultimate goal. And then we
1: wake up whenever we need to wake up. Way more tired than we would be. (laughs) But it's fine. Everything's fine. Gotten used to it now. Yeah. (laughs) Now we just make our coffee and go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, really. That's all we do. But I think that's a good place to let off for today. That was a good one, I think. I think so. I think it was really good. I hope it was good.
1: Y'all let us know if you have questions on anything. We can do another with answering some questions. Yeah. If we get any whatsoever.
0: If not, then that's okay.
1: Yeah, if not, we'll just continue talking because I'm manic and I like to talk. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this will be great for that <laughs> but oh, okay. we will
0: try to make this a weekly thing yes a weekly thing i don't know when we'll put it up but we'll, we'll figure, figure that out a out
1: schedule and we will hopefully be back again next week
0: all right goodbye bye